I, I generally start podcast now asking my guests to introduce himself, but Brad, do you need introduction? No, of course I do. Right? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, what's funny, uh, and I'm sure we'll get into this and I'll, I'll do my little intro here in a second, but you and I are very kind of old school in the WordPress world, right? So yeah. the one thing I've noticed in the past three or four years is there are a lot of people that do not know <laughs> you or me or, you know, people, you know, this, the crew that's kind of been around for yeah. like 15 plus years now, you know what I mean? So anyways, I'm Brad Williams. I'm the co-founder of a, a WordPress focused agency called Web Dev Studios. Um, is my uh, been doing that? And we're actually in our fifteenth year, if you can believe it. Just to talk about how old we all are, I can fifteen I years we've been doing this. I, I can believe it's fifteen years. I saw it happen at the time. I uh, know it's a wild ride, you know, to think where all of us were back when we first met and the things we were doing, and then all the things that's kind of occurred from that point to this point. Um, and here yeah. we are, still doing it. So, what would you say you're most famous for? Because I I know there's another thing that people couldn't mm. possibly know you from for what's the most famous for well there's a couple of things maybe that people might know about me uh, on the wordpress side of things uh, <laughs> i've written I, i've authored co-authored five wordpress development focused books or in the professional wordpress series so the most recent yeah. being professional wordpress plugin development second edition uh came out a couple mm -hmm. of years ago so um, you know, I've published some books, some physical, you know, books that you can flip through paper. Of course, there's the ebooks and Kindle versions, but, um, you know, having an actual tangible thing in, in, in my hands that I spent, you know, many, many, many hours on with a great group of, of people is, is a pretty, a pretty cool experience. So, and to be able to share that knowledge and, you know, kind of a, a well-rounded way in a book, um, has been great. So certainly that I would say on the WordPress side on outside of WordPress, um, one thing I was known for is I, I measured my son with cheesesteaks ever since he was born so um yeah. i live in phil outside of philadelphia in the suburbs cheesesteak if you're not familiar that's the kind of official uh food of philadelphia um which is basically you know chopped steak um mixed with uh cheese whiz is the traditional and onions right very simple but very very good yeah. um so when my son was little i started measuring him with cheesesteaks every you know every couple of weeks and i did it monthly and then uh about the two-year mark of me doing this it got picked up and kind of went viral for, you know, the five minute viral or a couple of days. It was all over the internet and then it was done. And so that's, uh, it was fun. It was fun for my son, fun for me. And now I do it once a year cause he's getting older and, uh, that's about all he'll allow. So fun little, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. start kids will, uh, weirdly enough, start to form their own opinions at one point, what they like and don't like. I, I never understood. Yes, sir. Been down that road, my friend. So, uh, he's seven now and he's still allowing it. So I, I bet I can, I'm hoping I can get to about maybe 13 or 14 before I start getting some real pushback on the, yeah, that, on that the sounds about photo. Right. That sounds about right. <laughs> we'll see. So awesome. Um, um, you are known, um, I would say for me, probably started with the books. I think the very first one I had. I think you even sent me a version of it, come to think of it, to review. Man, what a nice guy I am. Yeah, you are. Wow. I might it's have. I mean, the first book was like, I mean, I want to say it was 2010. So talking 13 sounds, years sounds ago right. Yeah. Um, for that first book. So yeah, I sent out a lot of review copies and, you know, just want to get the word out there. And, you know, honestly, like there's a lot of resources around WordPress now, right? But if you think back 13 years ago, 
Um, there weren't, you know, there was a lot of information online, but it was very scattered, you know, it was all over the place and a lot, you know, with open source and development, especially it changes pretty rapidly. So a tutorial, you know, from four or five versions ago may not be exactly accurate. Right. And that is a challenge when writing, you know, a physical copy book, but, um, the big goal for me and what I, what I believe we accomplished is to kind of get all that information in one spot, right? One place to kind of give not only a top to bottom read of really how to do proper development in WordPress, but also a good reference that you can, you know, always consult and go back to um, yep. as you're working through it. So um, it helped kind of get all that in one spot. And, you know, the feedback, especially from that first one, was extremely positive because there just wasn't anything out there like that at the more advanced kind of technical level. You know, it was more about well, you the, have the writers, the bloggers. So this yeah, was about you how had, do you build with WordPress. You had a whole bunch of, um, I would call, almost call them flimsy type book, yes, book, books, like, oh, yeah. my Dutch seeping through, sorry about that. Um, <laughs> but none of that was really helping you, like maybe from zero to something. But uh, no, I think your, your book uh, uh, at the time was revolutionary. Oh, I appreciate that. I mean, that's, that's what it's the book that I needed at the time. And honestly, it was a bit, um, you know, stressful. One thing I, you know, I'm a, I was in the military, I was in the Marines right out of high school and that kind of set me on a good path, right. Towards just getting my head on straight and kind of getting in a, in a good path in life. Um, and you know, part of that is I like to just dive headfirst into things, especially if I don't know them. So when I signed up yep. to do the book, Primarily, I got the gig because of I had been I was a pretty active blogger at the time and writing about WordPress development. So I had a really, you know, active blog I could show of recent like articles and stuff I'm writing about. So that helped. Um, but there was many topics in that book that I didn't even know. You know, cron is one that specifically stands out. I had never worked with cron in, uh, within WordPress, you know, and how WordPress uses cron and scheduled tasks. So it's not, you know, the scheduler. Um, I had never worked with that. Um, so and I had to write a whole chapter about it. It's a little, yeah, made yeah, me a little yeah. bit nervous, right? So I had to really spend some time researching, make sure I knew what the hell I was talking about. Um, and sometimes you just got to dive in head first, man, and, you know, figure it out. And that's, that's what I've, I've done that multiple times in my life. I did it when I started web dev. I did it when I wrote the book. Um, and, you know, sometimes you got to get out of your comfort zone and, and, and you'll figure it out, you know? Yeah. So th I'm, uh, I'm assuming that the, uh, the, uh, the research was mostly revolved around actually diving into the code. Mm-hmm. Cause had to, I mean, the, the best resource for WordPress is the code base. Right. And, um, and, 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 uh, you know, back then it wasn't as documented as well as it is now. Now there's a, uh, you know, basically a process that any new functions, any new code entered into the WordPress core software has to have yeah. written documentation that PHP doc block, you know, unit test if appropriate, like it has to have that to be included. So, I mean, if you've never looked into for WordPress, start opening up some files, start looking at it, start, you know, go when you're in WordPress and you're in whatever screen you're in, in the admin, you know, post.php, go find that file and open it up and start skimming through it. And you'll be amazed at how, how much you'll learn just by looking through the core files, you'll find functions and, and APIs that you maybe didn't even know were there, um, that, that you want, that you might need. Um, so it's, it's a great way to learn and it's very helpful now with the documentation that's included. Oh yeah. I, I, the difference between now and then is just almost like it's a different CMS. And I guess in a way it is, um, but the, the amount of documentation yeah. you can find now, and then with uh, developer.wordpress.org, having stuff explained much better than uh, codex.wordpress.org ever did. Mm -hmm. um, it's, uh, yeah, it's a lot easier to, to jump into understanding if reading through code isn't your thing.
So it is. I, I've, I have a question. I remember, and, and you, you said as much when you said uh, co-founder of WebDev Studios, um, you started one of the uh, uh, first larger WordPress agencies at the time. Um, what was that like at the time? Yeah, I mean, talking about diving ahead first, you know, it was 15 years ago, 2008, April of 2008. So, you know, a couple weeks prior, but, um, you know, I was living in Indiana, just out in Indianapolis, working at a, a, a big e-commerce, um, you know, website. I was the IT director and, um, you know, I'd always had this kind of itch to do my own thing. Even when I was in the Marines, I kind of wanted to do my own thing, but I got out and I was like, let me get established. Let me get a job and, you know, build on this career after the military. And I did that for four or five years. And, you know, around 2008 is the time I decided that I was going to jump, you know, the planning happened prior to that, but 2008 is when I finally, you know, made the move and, you know, sold my house, packed up my whole life and moved out East uh, to start the company. So, uh, and very looking back, it was kind of crazy. Like, again, I put myself in this position where I didn't really have an opportunity to fail. Like I had to succeed because I, I, I was living in my friend's loft, you know, in New Jersey, I went from like a, you know, 2,500 square foot house in Indiana, which is a very kind of inexpensive state, you know, to live in, in, in terms of the U S to New Jersey, yeah. which is like the most expensive state. This is, if you also remember, this is in the middle of the, you know, the collapse or, or economic collapse is starting to form at the time. <laughs> so it was, of course we didn't know that was coming, but that's what happened 2008 to 2009. Um, so looking back, it was, in, it was insane. I had about $2,000 in my bank account. You know what I mean? Like it was just looking back. I'm like, I don't know how, <laughs> what I was thinking, but uh, what position I didn't have any other option. It had to work. So we were just a, you know, legit coffee table startup of a little bit of money in the bank and let's go out there and grind and find some clients and start building cool things. So, um, it happened Who very organically. Sorry. Who were your co-founders again? So myself and Brian Messeliner, who, um, we met when we were in the Marine Corps and we were developers in the Marine Corps. So Marine Corps actually taught us to, to write code. Um, even though it was a bit older code, like visual basic six and and ADA and some yeah. things, but they taught us coding and concepts and, you know, which you can, once you kind of understand the concepts of programming, you can springboard into pretty much any language, right? It's just a yeah. syntax yeah. thing mostly. Uh, but you know, so, so him and I, you know, started the company and it was again, very organic. It was, he was still working full time somewhere else. So he had a kind of one foot in the door, but I was all in. So, um, we just started grinding and, you know, I think the, the timing of when WordPress started to, to take off really aligned with when we kind of started to you know, started the company and started to grow. Cause like you said, WordPress back then was very much blogging software. You know, there weren't custom post types, you know, that didn't exist. Um, so, you know, we were building things very in very interesting ways, but we were still pushing the boundaries of WordPress. Like we built a car dealership website, you know, back in 2009, which nobody was doing that stuff using WordPress. And it was all like, if you wrote a blog post and checked the car category, then it knew what template to load to show off that car, right? That like, that's how we yeah. were kind of getting around the, the rules yeah. of WordPress at the time. So, but yeah, there was no funding. It was all organic. It was very much just kind of bootstrapped and let's figure this out. And it just continued to grow. And as of course, when WordPress really exploded around the, you know, 3.0 release with custom post types and multi-site and all that great stuff, we were right there at the front front lines. And then, you know, all this amazing stuff just kind of landed in our laps, you know? So very lucky. I think the timing obviously, and just kind of having the, you know, there is no plan B, um, plan, if you will, yeah, yeah, yeah. it had to, it had to work. It had to work. And so we made I, it work. I recognize very much of it in, uh, in a similar fashion when, um, when looking at how that period went for me as well, you know, um, but I think in, uh, 
end of 2005, I had finished moving over all of my existing clients um, from Mambo and Joomla over to WordPress because mm. uh, 1.22 introduced, introduced pages, which was a godsend to me. Uh, That's how then, old we are. This is pretty, he's talking using WordPress before pages existed. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I played with it before, but never really used it, like not on a life site, uh, uh, like actively using it. But one, two, two made it real for me. Uh, and then 2006, I started to really ramp up. Yeah. And like you said, the hacks you had to figure out to just to mm -hmm. display different type of content, which was in the blog, not wanting to use, well, not wanting to show it in the blog. Uh, yeah, you had to mm -hmm. get very creative. You did. So yeah. It... Now I was going to say, if, if, if you look at back, if you look back at, at the, uh, the, 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 I mean, WordPress will be 20 years this, this month. Right. So, uh, I'm sure you've, you've looked back, like what are the most significant things that you think has changed in either WordPress or the WordPress community, uh, over that period since you first started and now. Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot, obviously a lot's changed, right? I mean, if you look at the core software, we talked about it, you know, kind of growing from a, a, a great blogging platform to a really great content management system, right? Like just those leaps and bounds to make it more of a robust solution, yeah. um, you know, have changed things. I think one big glaring thing, you know, we talked about how we've been doing this for a long time, right? So there's always new people coming into WordPress and the community, um, you know, which is great. That's what you want, right? You always want fresh faces and ideas and, uh, you know, getting more people involved. Uh, the one big thing, especially being on the agency side is, is if you look at like just the overall, like money that's in WordPress, right? And a lot of people don't really talk about this, but just think of the, the economic, like size of the WordPress foot, footprint in terms of, you know, money out there, right. In terms of spend or capital or whatever, but it's, you know, this is a multi-billion dollar industry now, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it is between premium themes, plugins, you know, things like what I'm doing, my company building, you know, amazing experiences for massive brands, like. It is a multi-billion dollar, you know, uh, world in, in WordPress. And that has obviously changes things, right? When there's so much money at play and so many things on the table, because I still think by and large, we're all pretty friendly in the community, but it's very different when there's a lot more money involved in how competitors, um, you know, look at each other and how they maybe work with each other or not, you know, and it's gotten, it's gotten a little more cutthroat certainly than it used to be. And you know, that's just the natural growth of, you know, something like WordPress becoming insanely popular and just a lot of money being poured into it. Right. So I think that's been a big change because I mean, back when, when we just started all going to WordPress and stuff, we were literally all just figuring this out together. Right. And I, I mean, collectively, like the WordPress community, we were kind of figuring this all out together in real time and, yeah. um, figuring out how we could use WordPress or what could we could do with it. And would, you know, larger companies and media sites want to use WordPress ever. Right. Well, we all made that happen again, collectively as a, as a community got WordPress in the enterprise and got it, you know, so it is running about half the internet, you know what I mean? So a lot's changed. Um, and you know, money changes things for better or worse. It does. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I remember, um, connecting with you and this is probably 2008, 2009, trying to uh, figure out a solution. And I probably, uh, uh hurled it at Twitter, uh, just that anybody who wanted <laughs> to listen. Uh, and I think you responded by saying, oh, I, I have a function for that. I've done this before. Here you go. Uh, and I think that is one of the earliest memories that I have that somebody shared something without any, uh, financial motive 
while it was being used commercially, you use it commercially yourself, but you were happy to share. I think that for me was one of the very first times that I, I realized like, oh, wow, uh, that's a very different cool. mindset than from what I grew up with. Yeah. I don't think I've ever shared that later with you. I think I think. Yeah. I don't, I don't think you have. That's, that's cool to hear, man. I appreciate that. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's the open source mentality. Right. And I think the, one of the reasons I, I was drawn to open source, cause initially I think when you, when you first hear about open source, it's confusing, right? It's like, what do you, what yeah. do you mean it's open source? Like anyone can get access to my code. Like, no, that's not what it means. The code's available, but it doesn't mean anyone can just access your server. Right. Um, you know, I think, you know, looking back at it, it's the reason I was really brought into open source initially, because I grew up learning web development. Obviously, I, I learned in the Marines a little bit, but I, I was really self-taught after that. And it was primarily in forums and message boards in like the early 2000s, which were extremely active back then. That was the, you know, the Twitter or the, the, the platform of the day. You found your message board community, right? In, in this case, mm -hmm. I found some web development communities, um, primarily on SitePoint. That's where I learned most of everything early on was through SitePoint forums, which yep. were massively popular back then. And forums are just helping each other, right? I went from asking a ton of questions to answering a ton of questions, you know, over time. And back then I was doing all like classic ASP and starting to get into some .NET, um, but it was still pretty new. Um, and, and, you know, I started to like earn awards. I'd get like the ASP or yeah, ASP like developer of the year award and stuff just by like answering questions, helping people. But ultimately it was making me a better developer because yeah. I was helping people. And by doing that, I was continuing to learn and grow and push myself. Hey, and that transcends exactly. directly into open source, right? Uh, open each other and learning together. And, oh, did you try this or that? Did this work? No, that didn't work. Like it's the same thing, right? It's just a new, new medium, new way of doing things. So, um, yeah, I think a lot of us kind of that grew up and learned to code kind of online in message boards in forums in ways like that. Open source is just a natural, you know, transition because again, we, if, if we're not, we're all helping each other and helping the, the platform grow, the project will die, right? That's just the, na the, the nature of open source. Um, so, and we've seen, we've seen other massive platforms that kind of die off because the community kind of died off or lost interest or whatever reason decisions were made that people didn't agree with and they walked. So, I you know, that's kind of an example. Yeah. I'm curious, were you also in that like early 2000s meshes board? you know, world of web development. And I, I, I tried, uh, um, I, I started out with, uh, Mumbo. And, uh, for those who don't know what Mumbo is, uh, it was a precursor to Joomla. Joomla is a fork of Mumbo. Uh, and I didn't find the community very welcoming, mm. uh, which made it hard for me to really dive in. And, um, I've been playing on stuff with stuff online since the very, before I had broadband, but the, the day I got broadband was the day the world opened for me. And I, that is uh, February 1st, 1996. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I remember it because it was the first of the month and, uh, we had a 2400 bit rate modem, like dialing in. So the, before that I had the fastest, uh, what was it? 56. K6. 56K. Yeah. And, um, and after that, uh, yeah, where did I find my information was, I, I tried to get into those communities, but not very welcoming, not very like, here, let me help you out. It didn't just, you know, didn't, didn't warm my heart, so to speak. And, um, I remember, um, so you were probably one of the first persons that actually shared like a proper solution with me, but the first person to actually share 
a piece of code, very simple, just CSS, because at the time I kind of knew CSS, but I didn't really know CSS because I, it was just, uh, you know, I, I'm an autodidact, is that the word in, in English? Uh, so I, I, I learned just by doing, not necessarily by reading the manual. Right, right, yep, I'm very and, similar. Uh, I, I started using uh, Detour, which was Brian Gardner's uh, theme. One of his themes uh, he uh, released early on. And I tried to figure out now. something. I, and I couldn't figure it out. And um, I, I, I think he published his email address somewhere or something. So I sent him an email saying, like, I, I, I really can't figure this out. And I, I, I got an answer and like within a day. And it was the answer I needed. I was like, oh, yeah. holy crap. How does, how does, this is, this is amazing. Uh, and that was very welcoming. And that was, you know, further solidifying my, my entry into WordPress. But before that, I had a tough time finding the information I needed. Um, in the beginning, you had way more bloggers than you have now. Because like you said, there's money now. So that means there's different interests. I mean, people blog about different types of stuff. But in the, in the early days, people shared way more solution type deals. Like uh, one of my favorite authors is, uh, still today is, is Justin Tadlog. Like he would go into depth, like he would explain, not just here's how mm -hmm. you do it, but also explain why you did it like this. And I remember seeing solutions he offered at the time he offered them. I had like, no idea what I'm going to do with this. And then, you know, seven months later, client asked, can you do this? And I went like, I've seen a solution for this. Let me <laughs> grab that URL and reproduce them. There you go. It worked. So learning code for me started rough, really when I deep dived in the WordPress became fun. Like 2008 is when I'm in full, uh, full steam, uh, pushing forward. Yeah. You know, the, the community aspect is extremely important. Um, and I, I definitely consider myself like a either an extroverted introvert or an introverted extrovert. I've never quite Same. sat down to figure out the difference, but I, I, I have tendencies to go both ways, right? Like if I'm in a comfortable setting, I'm extremely extroverted, right? But if you put me in a room with 50 people, I don't know, I'm not, right? I'll be quiet and I'll listen, I'll take it in. People talk to me, I'll talk to them, but I'm not going to generally put myself out there. And so going to a conference or anything, even a meetup, you know, is, is, can be very intimidating. If you don't know anybody, you know, it's extremely intimidating for many of us. So I know early on, I struggled with that too. I remember going to DrupalCon and um, sat in a lot of really great presentations, but didn't really connect with anybody. Didn't really talk to a lot of people because I just wasn't comfortable, you know, doing that. And I didn't really know, I didn't really have any, in my mind, I had no value to bring because I was just mm -hmm. dipping my toe in Drupal, um, which obviously we know that's not true, right? Everybody has value they can bring. And especially if you're fresh into a project, you have a lot of value you can bring because yeah, you have fresh yeah. eyeballs that not like us that have been staring at WordPress for 15 years. So, but so that putting yourself, you know, getting back to kind of putting yourself out there, like some of the, the advice I give to people, WordPress is extremely welcoming, which is another reason why I think it's grown so much because you go to events, like there's so many opportunities, even for extremely introverted people to, you know, find their click or to, you know, sit down with people at lunch and have a nice conversation and also to get away and go decompress. And that's completely acceptable. And we even talk about it because we know like, Hey, if I'm at an event all day long talking, I got, I might just step awesome. away for an hour or so and go back to my room. And that's fine perfectly accepted you know and everyone a lot of us do that you know so uh but find those communities man i actually i was just at wordcamp phoenix it's only my second event since you know pandemic and everything um and i met a guy named kurt and he was a volunteer and kurt you know gave me some interesting advice that works really well for him and i thought it was great so i'll share it he 
he's a, he said he's extremely introverted too. Right. And I didn't, I was like, I had no idea. This guy was super chatty talking to everybody. He's like, he would go to events, walk around a couple laps, not talk to anybody, basically call his wife and say, yeah, it's not that great and leave. And he was like, he just kept doing that. And he's like, I need to put myself out there. So what he started to do is he would be, be a volunteer because when he has a set job and he would always try to volunteer at the front desk when the check-in, because yeah. when he has a set job, he was like a totally different person. Because now he has a reason to be talking to people, right? He is volunteering. He is helping. He has a reason to be talking to people, which is the only excuse he needed yep. to really start opening up and interacting with people. And I was like, that is actually really good advice. Like if you're a little bit concerned, volunteer. It's a really yeah. safe space with really welcoming people. And it's a great way to get out there. And then you're going to have a job that is going to basically require you to have some type of interaction. And I bet you're going to have a much better experience, you know, at events if you try that. So I thought it was great advice. Yeah, I, th I, I agree. I agree. Um, I would say the vast majority of my interactions have come from either organizing or volunteering uh, meetups and word camps. Um, it's, it's the best way to get acquainted with uh, uh, whomever is at such an event. Um, and uh, it certainly helps in terms of uh, uh, allowing you, but also the other, to step over that certain barrier that's always there. Uh, especially if you are part of the organization, because they think you know everything about the event, which you've never organized before. So, you know, you're the expert. Can you fix my printer? You're the expert. Yeah. You're my new best friend. Help me out here. I have a question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And those local communities too, you mentioned meetups, like that's another great way. Like they're starting to come back. Many of them have been virtual for a while, but they're starting to come back in person. Another great kind of safe space, if you will, because it's your local community. You know, it's people that live where you live that, you know, know the same places, you know, and maybe know the same people. So it's, it's in my mind, a little bit less intimidating to start there because it's local, it's friendly, it's usually much smaller groups, yeah, and yeah. then you can kind of expand to larger events. But, you know, the events are all starting to come back. I expect next year to, to really kind of, uh, explode with, with, uh, I think next, I mean, there's a lot this year, but next year I think is when we're going to really see a resurgence of the events yeah. that we've kind of have grown to, to, to expect to see every year. Yeah. It's still relatively slow. Um, but, yeah. uh, at, at least it's coming back. I'm, uh, I'm very happy for that. So I, I don't get any, said this on previous podcasts, but I don't get a lot of joy from uh, online events. Uh, I I'm happy to, uh, present on them and, and do panels and all that yep. sort of stuff, but, uh, attending doesn't work for me. Yeah. I, I think about towards the end of 2020, I was kind of burnt out on that and it hasn't really come back. <laughs> like, like you said, I, I, I won't really attend them. There might be a, an, uh, a presentation. I might go back and want to watch. It's about a specific yeah. topic, but yeah, it is, it's draining because we're on, we're doing this all day long, right? We're on yeah. video, we're on calls. And then to say, okay, now in the evening, you want to sit on and watch more videos <laughs> on your yeah. screen is like, no, I absolutely do not. <laughs> No, I need downtime. Thank you very much. I need downtime, but you know, it's, it, it does expose, uh, expose those events to the global audience and, um, you know, and it's, they're always, the nice thing about it is they're always recorded. So that's what, and even at WordCamps, I tell people like, I almost never go to presentations because the hallway track, as you know, I'm sure we're big fans of the hallway track, right? Which is just Absolutely. hanging out in the hallway and talking to people. That's where yep. I get a lot of value out of camps. You know, you can't really reproduce that at home. But what I can do is go back and watch those presentations at home. So I skip a lot of the yeah, presentations exactly. unless yeah. I really want to support a friend or, you know, a team member or something. I'll generally and then I'll watch them later because I'm I want to talk to Rimkiss in the hallway. I want to, you know, talk to meet people and and see what they're working on and how can we help, you know. So, um, yeah. yeah. Would you say that the change that we've seen over the last 15 years where uh, one of the contributing factors you mentioned is the the money, right? There's there's so much more 
Uh, there's companies in the WordPress sphere that have over 200 people uh, that need mm -hmm. to be fed and the families that go, that go with that. Uh, so the dependency to make money is, uh, is much higher. Would you say that has been a positive, net positive or, an, or a net negative? Or is that a too Oof. harsh question? It's a big question because I don't, I don't want to make it sound like companies growing and making money is a bad thing because it's not, right? Like we want to be successful. We want our team members to be successful. I'm, I don't take it lightly that web dev supports, you know, 50 plus team members and their families. You know, that's a massive responsibility that as an owner, um, you know, we have on our shoulders and, and every decision I make and everything I do, I have that in my mind, right? Like even those really hard decisions, if you have to let somebody go or something, right? Those are the worst things you have to do. But yeah, what I remember is how that situation is impacting all these other team members and their families. Um, so it makes it, while not an easy pill to swallow, it makes it a little easier knowing that you got to do the right thing to, to protect your team, right? So um, I, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing across the board, but inherently when there's more money, there's there's more shady things going on. Uh, there's All more, certainly more scams. Um, and, you know, just, you know, people get it, clicking on links, getting hacked, whatever. There's just more of that because it's WordPress has a massive footprint. So it's a huge target. Um, and there's a lot of money in this industry. So there's, it's ripe for the picking in terms of, you know, trying to get one over on people. So, um, I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's just, um, it changes things. Right. And I think you need to be aware of that, especially when you're talking to people and you're meeting people and you look at things online is, is there an, is it all ask, 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 take, 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 or is this, are we kind of, like you said, helping each other out, helping, uh, you know, where they say like rising tides raises all ships or something. That's yep. open source, you know? So I look at those companies and those people are, is if all you're doing is taking, that be, starts to become obvious. You know what I mean? Taking, you know, from the community, taking, you know, trying to get money or selling products that are, are, aren't great or whatever. Like if you're just taking and not giving back, then that starts to be a big red flag for me. Yeah. Would you, so that's an interesting one. Cause, um, if you look on, on, um, so, uh, on my, on the third podcast I had with Matt, Matt Medeiros. Uh, he mentioned something along the lines of there's eight to 10,000 people who are in the core core of the WordPress uh, project slash community. Um, obviously the number of users, uh, and, and agencies and everything that you can possibly think there, think of there, uh, is way larger than that. I, I, I dare not think in percentages, but perhaps it's only 1%, the 10,000, mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, there's a lot of, at least so. I know a lot of agencies, just start with that example, uh, that do zero giving back to WordPress as the project. They just take, take, take. Right. They're extremely verbal in their uh, communications, uh, uh, trying to get more clients and very much on that, um, that hustle mode, I guess. Um, how, how, how do you experience that? Yeah, I mean. That it, it is out there, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, we're, again, WordPress is huge. Like you said, it's, it's hard to know how many people use it or just how many people work with it. Those are massive numbers either way. Right. So I'm sure there's a lot of agencies and companies out there that just use WordPress. Right. And they don't do anything beyond use it for their clients. Um, we're very much, you know, big fans of, uh, you know, proponents of open source. So, um, and we always have been, you know, we're passionate about it. It's, it's one of the yeah. reasons we went all in on WordPress in like, you know, early 2010 and it was a risky call, you know, because we were doing a lot of other stuff too. And we got rid of all the other stuff and just focused on WordPress. But, um, so 
yeah, I guess I'm trying to trying to get my thoughts together. I think Matt's point around the eight to ten thousand, he's not wrong, right? Like we, we WordPress is huge, but in terms of the people that really, really, really care about it, really care about the direction it's going, really care about decisions that are going to be made, that is a small group. Um, but that is a hugely important group, right? Um, because we are helping direct WordPress, whether you realize it or not, whether we're working on core or helping with core or not, like we're all helping shape WordPress in some some way. At yep. WebDev, you know, we've always wanted to make sure we're giving back and not just taking. And when Matt introduced, Matt Mullenweg introduced the Five for the Future initiative back in, this is almost 10 years ago, this is 2014 when he announced that. Um, and the idea is that companies that are using WordPress, if they could give back 5% of their time to the project and contributing back to the project, imagine how much WordPress would grow and how quicker yep. it could potentially grow if we're all just giving back 5%. So we took that to heart and we've, we've been contributing to five for the future since the start, since 2014. Every Friday, I actually, every, yeah, now we do it. It's the last Friday of the month, company-wide, everybody contributes, right? And we contribute to the yeah. project. So. And, and, and I, I take that in a much broader, when I say contribute to WordPress, I look at that as a much broader circle than I think some people do, because many people look at that as just contributing to WordPress code or, I you know, know, on one of the official teams of WordPress. And if you're not doing that, it's not contributing. I don't agree with that. My, my, the way I look at contributing, the way we talk to our team about it is you're putting somebody out there, you're helping. It could be knowledge. It could be information. Yeah. It could be whatever, but you're putting it out to the public to help them at some point, right? So if you write a blog post about how to work with a Gutenberg block editor, that is 100% contributing to WordPress, in my opinion, right? You're sharing yeah. knowledge. You're putting more information about Word, good information about WordPress out in the world. That's contributing. So I've been working on, and, and we're going to post our 15-year blog post. And so I did the, the math and the numbers. So we've contributed almost 12,000 hours that we've logged um, to, to our five for the future initiative within our company. Okay. Now our, and that it's actually even bigger than that because there's, you know, we have JC who helped organize WordCamp Asia. She put way more time in than the one five for the future day a month, but just as an official, you know, our official initiative under web dev, you know, almost 12,000 hours, which, you know, you can do the math on whatever your hourly rate right. is. That's not, that's not chump change. That is, that that's, is a, that's that's a decent, um, effort we put in. And we're better for it. You know what I mean? It's a win-win. Our team's better for it. It gives them a really day, a day to work on their passion projects. It's an awesome benefit that we talk about, we brag about. We tell all of our new potential sales uh, or our calls with potential new clients. We talk to them about it. We brag about it because it shows our passion for what we do. Yeah. Yeah, you know, we're not sure. just taking. Yeah. I don't just want your money. I want to give you the best. You know, I want to exceed your goals across the board, set you up in the best possible place with WordPress. And then the, you know, the sky's the limit and I want to be your partner ongoing. So, um, I want that to come across from our initial conversation, um, with yeah. everybody we talk to, because that's how passionate we are. And it's, it's a win-win. That's an amazing number of, uh, of hours. And, um, you, you, uh, expanded on already, but I was going to say that there's, it has to be much larger than that, because if that's just the, the logged hours, right. Uh, that's just the logged hours on those five for the future yeah. days. So. So, yeah. And my, so I would love to my, see more people do that officially. I know other companies could, other companies, you know, especially well-known WordPress companies contribute a lot. What we don't see is kind of formality around the five for the future piece. Um, and I yeah. think that is an area that I would like to see more of, because we've actually even helped coach companies. We've had a companies reach out and say, we would love to do this. Can you tell, can you talk to us about how we're doing it? Great. Let's hop on a call. You know, and we've yeah. done that with multiple companies in WordPress and said, this is how we do it. This is what works for us. Might be different for you, but this is how it works for us, you know? So we're helping spread that knowledge and trying to get more people involved 
we're all very active on social media. I'm sure you've seen, and especially on those five for the future yeah. days, we want to brag about what we're working on. So we ask our team to tweet so we can put it out there to again, try to get more people interested and involved in the idea of contributing to WordPress. So it's, it's a good effort. I really hope to see more people over time get involved. What's the one thing that would need to happen for this to be large adopted by a larger crowd other than them understanding what it is and what the goal is. It, it, is, is there a lot Honestly, there I think one like of the it? biggest issues is Matt Baldwig needs to talk about it more. I think that's number one, right? He brings it up about once a year at State of the Word, and that's it, you know? Um, I, I really think he just needs to talk about it more, you know? Really, you know, talk about it, tweet about it once a month, or, you know, really prop up companies. And I'm not doing this just for self-promotion, but prop up companies like WebDev and say, look at what they're doing. It's working yeah. for them. You should be doing this. And I prop Matt has a massive audience and a huge reach if he just talked about it a little bit more i guarantee you it would take off more but he just he doesn't he's not super active on social um and you know he does tweet here and there but i just i wish matt would put a little bit more um you know push into that publicly outside point. of just state of the word yeah that's a very good point i think that would help indeed so if um if, if you look at the, I'm again, again, we're going to cite the 15 years because that is a huge, uh, milestone. Um, yeah, but the, I'm very um, proud of it and you should be, uh, especially how you've done it and with what you've achieved and, uh, while doing it, um, you've seen as you and your company were maturing, uh, you've seen WordPress mature. What is the one thing you're most happy with right now? Like, I'm so glad we have this versus 10, 15 years ago? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. I mean, there's been some big features uh, or changes. Everyone look at it. You got full yeah. site editing, you have Gutenberg in the block editor. Um, those have been very like game changers. Yeah. Whether you like them or not, they've changed the game one way or the other, right? <laughs> like, uh, I mean, it's a tough one. Well, I do actually like Gutenberg. Um, and it's taken, it's taken me a while to get to that point. You know, when it was first released, it was very rough around the edges. I think we all agree. Um, yeah. and it wasn't something that we were comfortable using for clients because of that. I don't want to build something on a house of cards. Right. And then it changes every release. And now we look like we don't know what we're doing because the yeah. project doesn't really, you know, didn't have a, a clear direction, I, I guess at some point, but, um, I, I, we definitely warmed up to it over the years and now there's so many great tools that even make it easier, you know, like doing ACF blocks and stuff that just make it easy to roll out blocks without having to do the crazy, you know, react. Absolutely. Solution. Yeah. So you can, I mean, you can roll out really powerful websites with code, um, and you know, utilizing the block editor. Of course you could do it without code. There's a lot of options there, but we are a very, you know, we work with very large projects and very big brands. So almost everything we do is very customized. So it's, mm -hmm. you know, the no code solution is not really a solution for, for our type of clients. But, um, you know, I think the, the Gutenberg one is, is a big, it's taken me a while to get there, but I'm definitely, we're, we're certainly there and have been for a while. And, and now that I've seen how our clients really react to it, um, you know, it, it's good. It still has more to go. It's not all the way there, in my opinion. I think the UI needs some serious help to get, to make it a little bit more intuitive, a little bit easier, but. Um, the power that it gives our users without having to, to bolt on another page builder or something that adds all that overhead to give them that yep. drag and drop is, is huge. I mean, how many, this is a good question that I like to ask. A lot of people come to us and say, Hey, I need, I want to use Beaver builder. And again, nothing against page builders. There's a great space for that. Um, just not in, you know, generally in like the enterprise where we're at, um, but the, but the one thing I say is like, you know, when someone says I need a page builder, I like to ask the question, okay, well, let's really dig into why you need a page builder. 
Yep. And when you start peeling back that onion and asking those questions, what you realize is they want drag and drop on their content. They're not talking about their menu. They're not talking about their footer. They're talking about the content. I'm like, great. You don't need a page builder. You just need a really good Gutenberg integration, right? And then you drag and drop, you can do all that directly in the content. So it, it really satisfies a lot of the need for really robust content creation um, in, in a very quick way. So I, I'm, I'm happy with where we've come at this point. You know, I wish we got here a little bit quicker, but I'm very excited about kind of where we're going to and again, tighten it up because it's open source, you know, that sometimes you just got to ship it and, and keep iterating. And, you know, people may not agree with that, but, you know, version one is the hardest yeah. thing to get out the door. So it had to get out the door and, and iterate. And now it's in a much better spot. Yeah. 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 So the Gutenberg is a, is, is a great example of, of, uh, opening up a new realm of possibilities. Um, I would say that the, I, I, I get a similar, um, uh, types of requests and, and, and similar types of answers in terms of what they actually need from a page builder, the drag and drop right. part. And I, it, it's still a little ironic to me that, that, uh, that particular part inside of, uh, of Gutenberg, the block editor is still too rough because we don't, we still don't have proper drag and drop, right? It yeah. It's works. a little clunky, right? It's a little clunky. Yeah. It works with the list view, but then also if you open up a new column and you want to, you already have a paragraph, you want to slide into the column, you need to first add an empty paragraph. So then you can slide in paragraph you want it there it's a little you know doesn't make there a lot of quirks yeah yeah some quirks yeah. you got to learn and and you know kind of understand the workflow there but yeah. that's the area i'd really like to see it improved is the drag and drop the you know just the visual kind of side of it is um i one of the reasons wordpress got so popular early on in my opinion is the intuitiveness of it right like you could log somebody into wordpress that's never used it before sit them down and say create a post publish a post and they would be able to do it, you know, now it's a little bit harder, right? Publish a post. Yeah, they could probably yeah. do it, but it's, it's a little bit more complex than it used to be because WordPress is a little bit more complex, but that's the reason it's always, it's taken off. And that's one of the reasons we were drawn to it so early on, because when we train our clients on WordPress versus Drupal or Joomla or something else that we were using, like they got WordPress like that, you know what I mean? Um, the other stuff they did not. And then they would want us to really customize the admin and this doesn't make sense. And it's like, now we're getting way out of scope here. Right. So, um, so yeah, it's, it'll get there and, you know, we got to keep iterating. That's the most important thing is just keep, keep moving that needle forward. You know, I, I, I see, um, 2023 as the year where it starts to mature. Um, I see a lot. So from six one to six two, I really saw some fine tuning, especially around the, uh, the site editor itself, but, uh, also for the block editor, there's a lot of fine tuning where there's stuff just making more and more sense. So. And I would say, uh, six, three was going to probably six, four as well. It's going to be continuing that trend. If you yep. activate Gutenberg as the plugin now, you'll see what we're getting. Um, it's, it's quite nice how it's becoming, um, something I'm happy to promote instead of so my, yeah. my, my, my personal philosophy has always been, if we can stay native, please let's stay native. But yes, uh, I also have clients who, you know, just. They just needed Beaver Builder or Elementor yeah. or whatever. And it's a good, it's a good solution. I love Beaver Builder. It's an amazing team. Great group of people exactly. over there. But as, but as soon as you start thinking, I need performance or I need, uh, to be able to lock it down more or any of those things that are more important for, uh, um, sites where there's, uh, 10, 15 editors and, right. uh, you know, a high availability, um, 
Yeah, when you start, start spending more time like disabling features, then you might want to kind of re rethink if that is the best yeah. path forward. And that's what exactly. that's what we you know we did use some page builders for a while, and that's what ended up happening. Like we were spending as much time turning things off <laughs> and removing <laughs> permissions so that the client yeah. didn't, yeah. you know, so that that's you know, a step be the client. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's I I, I as in many things, I uh, I agree with you. Uh, uh, on uh, on what is the most exciting thing about WordPress now? Like what has happened in the last uh, 10, 15 years? Sure, there's been custom post types. There's been the REST API. There's you know, there's all all types of and those are vase. Being at those those are game changers too. You know, in yeah. their own right. So um, I think Gutenberg just kind of hits all sides of it. Right, REST API is insanely powerful and and much needed. But many, many, many most WordPress projects do not use it. Right, they don't need it. Um, Correct. But the ones that do, which is a lot of the projects we do, uh, yeah, thank God, way. REST API in there now, right? So, so that's on the code side of things. What is what, what is the what are the thing you you enjoy most in the in the community side of things? Because the community as a whole has grown enormously. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to preface here with something I personally don't like about it. What's happened is that there's a lot of the OGs, maybe not the right word to use here. Those who were active in the early beginnings are kind of disappearing from the project. Um, I, I, I miss some of those voices. Mm -hmm. um, but in, in terms of uh, changes that we see in the community itself, um, what strikes you the most? Uh, like, what, what, what is the thing that you go like, oh, okay, I'm so glad we have this now or that, that is happening? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I've always been a fan of like what we're doing here, right? Like podcasts and just putting out content. Um, I've been a fan of just the media side of WordPress. I was, you know, on early, early on just to date myself even more. You know, I was on the first episode of, of the WordPress weekly podcast, you know, back when yeah. Jeffro first launched uh, WP Tavern way back when. Had yep. no idea what I was talking about. Like if you listen to it, I think my, I think at one point I even recommended like modifying the code. like. <laughs> It's fun to look back at that like, wow, what? Like, this is before I even started web dev. I'm on this talking about WordPress. Like, I knew what the hell I was talking about. But um, so, I, I, so like now, if you think about it, there are so many. We talked about knowledge and information around WordPress, like development. Otherwise, there's so much great uh, kind of content around WordPress. It's not just like one, like the WP Tavern and one podcast out there, right? There's like, you know, 10 different pretty active sites talking about WordPress and, you know, uh, 10, 20, 30 podcasts that are active. And, you know, obviously I'm not consuming at all and most people aren't, but I like that there's a lot out there. It's active and like this type of stuff is really fun. And I've always, this has always been a bit of a passion of mine, just kind of talking tech and geeking out. And so it's an itch I've always enjoyed yeah. scratching. So it, it, and in my, in my books, the reason it's interesting because I always have the last chapter is always a resource chapter, right? And I talk about where to like find more information like we talk about obviously slack and we talk about the developer handbook and some different areas but what also i i like to highlight like the sites where you can get a lot of wordpress information and news and active podcasts and i remember in each of the five books i would go to update that list and almost all the podcasts would be gone and usually like one of the media sites which is usually the wp tavern would still exist and all the other ones would be dead like Things just kept yeah. kind of dying off between each iteration. Um, but now it seems like, especially in the past couple of years, and maybe this is pandemic related, there's just like a lot more of these sites have popped up with really thoughtful members of the community, really kind of putting thoughtful pieces out there and kind of asking interesting questions to get conversations going. And 
So yeah. I, I definitely am, am enjoying that side just because it's always something I've, I've, I've enjoyed. With them so you're basically it. saying you're happy for me to finally have started a podcast. I am. I mean, I subscribed to your newsletter and you're putting out great content. Like I like this stuff, you Thank know you. what I mean? Like I, I don't want the generic, like mass distribution email to 500,000 people. You know what I mean? Like I like the yeah. more intimate stuff like you're doing and, and, and you still have a pretty decent subscriber list, but like just it's, it's your thoughts. It's like, this is interesting. That's interesting. Hey, this caught my eye. And, and, and you sharing that information and, and me knowing you and us being friends, you know, I value that stuff way higher than I do. So mass distribution list and whatever links yep. they're putting in there that are probably sponsored and they're not telling me, and you know what I mean? Like, yep. so I love that kind of the more intimate side of it. And there's so many great tools to do this. So That's nice to hear, we're podcasting on wave and I've never even used it before. It's, and it's great. It's easy, you know? Yeah. So yeah, 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 yeah. So I think the, the, the rise of podcasts and, and, and I think YouTube as a whole as well is, uh, is something I've been, been looking at for the last two, three years, but probably even longer, just never found time for myself to dedicate like, okay, now I'm actually going to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, the, um, the move to media from slowly away from, uh, so we, we went from blogs to social and now we're slowly going back to blogs and podcasts, newsletters and, and YouTube, you know, all mm -hmm. of these different avenues, I guess, uh, YouTube still is social, but, um, I, it feels different. Um, I, I like seeing that, uh, for the, probably the same reasons it's, it's, there's more interaction, there's more in-depth sharing of knowledge. Mm -hmm. Um. And yeah, it's, it's why I jumped into it. Um, finally. Yeah. About time. I know, man. I know. And the, the time is, is the thing, right? You have to have a continued, continued focus. Um, I think that's probably the toughest thing to, okay, I'm going to grant myself, I'm going to give myself permission, actually spend X amount of hours per week to mm -hmm. do this because that's what it took. And the weird thing is for me personally, this is how I started. Like you started sharing, uh, as soon as you started learning, uh, I did the same thing. So around 2008, I started a WordPress blog, it was in Dutch. Um, and I started sharing all these types of things and solutions, or even translating, uh, existing ones from English, just so the Dutch audience would have, you know, a chance yeah. to do a better type of WordPress and, uh, that whole sharing thing. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy it's happening more and more again. My only wish is that people will start to blog more again. Yeah. I wonder if that's going to make a resurgence. I was wondering that too, especially with the Twitter situation, you know, like you said, less people are on Twitter. It's kind of in this weird state. It feels like something else needs to fill, fill some kind of void and we're all kind of waiting to see, but is it blogging? Like is blogging going to kind of resurge? And I'm, I'm just as guilty. Like I kind of fell, I fell off years ago too. And I don't. You know, then some random blogs on our, on our, uh, you know, company website, like my personal blog has been dormant for a long time now. I, I, I published close to nothing in 2016, 17 and 18, probably 19 as well. Mm -hmm. Just didn't feel the inspiration to do so. Um, but I would like for, uh, for that to have a resurgence. Um, but I, I have some conditions I I'd like to include as well. And that's, uh, um, like activity pub. Indie web stuff, uh, Fediverse. What is the proper English pronunciation of that? Fediverse? Metaverse? No, Fediverse, like what, um, what Mastodon does. 
Oh, it's essentially the 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 collection. It's like the the hive mind you 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 sort of create. Right. Uh, it makes sense if we're doing this again. Then include this. So the um, oh, Mike is gonna hate me for not remembering the name, but he uh, uh, Mike McAllister started that blog post where he um, essentially said uh, this is something I would like to work on, and then got a whole lot of people saying exactly. So I'd like to help. How can I help? Mm -hmm. uh, open press, you think he called it? Oh, so Mike's going to be proud of me again. Good face. Um, uh, sounds like you need to have Mike on the show. Uh, I, 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 I will have him on the get, show. Get some clarity out because it does sound interesting. Yeah. So if, we, if we're doing this again, then please include this, these types of protocols, because that makes it so much more interactable. Like if I comment on something on Twitter or Mastodon that has been published on the blog, you want to have that as a unified conversation, right? Somewhere you need to have a way to sort of communicate between the, the various channels. And, and that's a problem I think we need to solve because it's been too scattered and we need to find ways to bring it back into. Yeah. Remember yeah, so... like back in early blogging days, there were so many different tools that just don't exist anymore because people stopped blogging, right? Like pingbacks and trackbacks were like all the rage. And that's how you knew people were talking yeah. about you or linking yeah. to you. And, and then there was like a, we all had our blog roles, you know, of our friends and, and people we followed. Yeah. And, and then there was a, a service, I'm trying to remember the name of it, but it was a way that it, it kind of made it more social um, between the blogs, right? Like, um, what was it called? Blogspot? I don't know, not Blogspot, something like that. Blogger? No, these are services. Yeah. I don't know, it was some tool. But anyways, it was like, it was a way to kind of take all the blogs, because everybody was very active, you know, 15 years ago blogging, and, and essentially have a network in a sense of, you know, the blogs you follow and to get updates and stuff. And like the, all that stuff has just kind of fallen off. Like nobody does yeah. any of it anymore. Right. Like yeah. pingbacks and trackbacks are just disabled. Nobody wants them. Do we pe people even but, stop commenting on blog posts? They don't comment as much as they used to. You yeah, know? yeah. yeah. Oh, they're, they're happy to vent on, uh, on Twitter or Facebook or whatever, but, uh, mm -hmm. are, are we becoming old? Is that, is that part of this? I mean, yeah, part it is like, you know, this is the thing, like. Just take a step back and there's so much like crap going on in the world right now. And so many people are just angry yeah. about everything. And a lot of it has to do with change, right? Like if you take a step back, people inherently, because humans inherently do not like change, right? We get very used to something. And if you yep. change that on us, we don't like it. Most of us. Um, and a lot of what's going on in the world and even the stuff we're talking about here, a lot of it has to do with change, right? Like things are changing and evolving and we're in technology. So yep. that should not be a surprise to any of us that oh, things no. are always going to change. Right. And Wait, so, you know, we had the, the, yeah, I mean, we had the web three, you know, uh, you know, a couple of years ago where that was all the stuff. And now it's kind of, you know, people trying to figure out what direction that's going. And, uh, but now AI is just literally taking over everything you hear. Everybody's an AI expert. It's going to, you know, involve all aspects of our life, which it is going to have a clearly going to have an impact. Right. Um, how does, what does that mean for us? What does that mean for you and for me and for building websites and writing code? We don't know right. yet, right? We don't know. Like, is it going to take over what we're doing? I, I doubt it, but I don't really know. You know, it's hard to predict the future, you, certainly. So um, so I think a lot of it is just for the older crowd that's been around. Whatever that is that you're doing, things start to change. Sometimes it gets uncomfortable, but the thing we got to remember is we're in technology, right? Like, we didn't we didn't jump ship when responsive web design came out, right? We embraced no. it because it, it changed the game in a good way for us and for, you know, for the mobile web. Um, you know, so I'm looking at these things like AI is how can we, you know, help and benefit from it. But, you know, sometimes you just have to say change is good, right? Even if you don't necessarily agree with it, Gutenberg, a lot of us were not into it at first, right? We're like, what is this? What is it doing? It's changing everything. It's a little bit clunky, but ultimately now look at us, 
what we just talked about. Like we're both yeah. kind of on board with it now, you know, and we wouldn't have said that a couple of years ago. So you even got the old G's on board, right? So it's, it's like, sometimes I, I like to step back and say, is it just because it's a change and it's, and I'm not used to it. Okay. It's how many times has Facebook changed their UI? And every time it's, everybody talks about how awful it is every single time. And it's like every three or yeah. four years. Oh, this is awful. I can never do this, blah, blah, blah. And now yeah, it's like, well, this is just what them. it is. And that's what we use. Yeah. I was going to say the day people that hate change. Tell them they, they, they did the change for, for better because there's probably more interaction or whatever, whatever Facebook's goal is. But, uh, um, yeah, no, I'm sure that's, that's part of it. Um, so looking to the future, you already mentioned it, uh, AI. Um, have you seen, uh, Joe foils from human made, uh, demo? I have, in fact, uh, me being a a podcast addict, I guess I, uh, I was just, I just had a podcast where we had him on as a guest talking about some of the cool, cool. stuff they're doing with Gutenberg and AI. It's very, I mean, that is the future, right? Like, uh, it is. the idea of, he basically, have, you know, they're, they're working on a concept where it's essentially an AI helper tool, you know, built directly into the WordPress block editor into Gutenberg, where you can essentially give it commands and it will, you know, you could say write out a, you know, a summary of whatever this topic is, or give me some bullet point, you know, headings for this topic and then we'll spit it out right there in your Gutenberg block and away you go, you know, so yeah. or put all this data into a table and it does it for you, you know, so these, that's just scratching the surface of how this is really going to change. And I know it's a bit of a race at this point to who wants to be like the AI, you know, the, the AI expert or company, whatever within WordPress, but I think there's going to yeah. be a lot of them, you know, it's a wild west right, right now and everyone's trying to that, you know, do you understand that reference? Cause I kept saying this to people that are not in the U S when I say it's the wild west. Does that mean anything? Does that mean, do you know what that means? Yeah. So I read Lucky Luke growing up. So yes. I, I said that on another podcast and it was all with people from Europe and I'm, I'm scratching my head after. I'm like, I don't even know if that reference makes sense so to people the, not in the US. <laughs> I, I think the difference is if you've grown up in a country where English is uh, uh, subtitled, uh, you'll, you'll know. You'll know. Okay. Uh, yeah. If, uh, if like in Germany, they, they, they dub it and then a lot of references like this cultural references, they get lost. So I, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm guessing this has to do, but yes, wild west I'm familiar. Yeah. So like, so it is right now it's, and everyone's trying to figure out how can we use this and how can we do it with our clients or how can we build products and how can we integrate this? And there's gotta be a lot of interesting options out there for us to integrate and, and work with. And it's all, everyone's just yeah. trying to figure it out now. So I'm, I'm excited to see where it all lands and, and experiment, and explore it. I'm using it kind of as an admin assistant tool, if you will, right now. And Hell, I even use it to, to spit out a, uh, I, I used it to prototype a plugin, uh, just to take screenshots for a proposal and yeah. I could oh. have done it, but guess what? I gave it a couple prompts and I had the screenshots I wanted. I just copy paste into my install and bam, I got the screenshots and put them in my proposal and done. So it saved me, yeah, you know, 15, 20 minutes, maybe to, to do that myself. Did That's you get a nice proposal? little helper? That's still out. We're still waiting. So fingers okay. crossed. <laughs> It'll be a better story if we land it or when we land yeah, it, I yeah. should say. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, when you land it. Yeah. But that's the thing. It's like, how could these things, it's not a, just about actually doing the code for the projects, but it's a t like I'm using it and interesting. Every, we're all trying to figure out how we can use it to better our, our professionalize or at least dipping our toe in it a little bit because it's, it is a, it's fascinating. You know, it's pretty, it's would pretty you say, cool. would you say that if you're not on board now, you're too late? No, no, it's very early in my opinion. Um, there's no, I mean, there's no tried and true products out there yet in WordPress or services, but you guarantee they're coming, you know? So, um, yeah. I, I think it's a really ripe opportunity for anyone looking to get into the, you know, the product space services space, or just, you know, bring, bring something to the table for your clients, like in our world to, to set us apart from everybody else. Right. So 
you know, everybody's talking about it. It's clear. Everybody wants to get the keywords out there. You know what I mean? And the uh, search engines yep. and, you know, if you're searching AI, like I hope I come up if it's AI and WordPress, but it's the next hot thing and it's, it's not going anywhere. It's here to stay. And it's, it's going to be a part of our lives. It's going to affect all of our lives. It's going to affect our children and how they, you know, are in school. And if they're, you know, that plagiarism situation and what, what does it mean if it's AI produced that wrote your report? Is that plagiarizing? Is that allowed? Are they going to be able to detect it? Like, this is going to affect everything. I, it, I think it's already affecting everything. Um, some of the stuff is just not visible yet, but, uh, mm -hmm. if you just look at plagiarizing, so, you know, if you feed it your type of writing, yeah, your your tone of voice. If you feed it that, and then you present it with a text, like rewrite it as I would have written it. What is even plagiarism then? Right, and that's the massive gray area that this introduces because you're right, and that's exactly what's coming. You know, Google and Microsoft, they're all they all have their own AI, right? Their own departments. Google's already announced it's coming to all their apps, right? So there is a world that's coming very soon to where. You know, I'm going to have AI write in my Gmail and it's going to yeah. know how I respond to emails. It's going to look at my sent history and it's going to be able to write emails in the, in the yeah. voice of Brad very, very quickly just by scanning yeah. my, my history yeah. of sent emails. I'm, and I I'm, can't wait for that day because I want AI to take over my inbox. <laughs> yeah. And if it says, I'm, is this how you want to respond? Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> I'm most, most curious about what Apple is going to do. Because hmm. yeah. they have not said a word. Apple's like that strong, silent type, right? You know, they're there, you know, they're definitely working yeah, on it. Sure. And it's just a matter of when they decide they want to drop this massive announcement. Is it going to be a, some, a big event? Is it going to be just something yeah. that they just dropped? Like you just, they're such and masters it, at the, uh, the release of information, you know, yeah. like, like nothing we've ever seen, especially from a marketing angle. If it's you, coming. If you look at what Siri does, uh, it's, it's, it, Siri was never the best, um, AI voice tool, whatever what do you right. call those things. Um, but assistant, right I guess I don't know. Right now it's just antiquated. Like I ask it and it'll, 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 it'll tell me yeah. there's something on the web I can present you. Like, oh, that's not what I asked for. I, I, right, I don't even, they were the first, right? I think they, they were the first. If I, if I remember right, like echo hadn't, or Alexa hadn't came out yet. The echo, um, I don't, I don't but Siri was the first that did that within the iPhone. And I think it was like iPhone four or five when they first introduced Siri, but then Amazon saw the potential of actually making a device and doing something somewhere where you could sit it and yep. talk to it and not just be on your phone. Uh, but yeah, I agree. Like now imagine those are all going to get upgraded, right? Like my home is all Google. So I have everything smart, you know, even the kettle, which you would appreciate. We could just say, turn on the kettle and it fires it up in the next room. You know what I mean? And, right. and my, my watch will tell me when it's ready to go. Right. So it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a very smart home and eventually it's going to get towards more conversational. Like you said, where it's more, yeah. uh, you know, Hey, Google, how's it going today? What's up? You know, what's on the schedule? Anything interesting going on? You know, we're just going to have conversations. Like it's, it's not going to be like barking I, orders at a machine. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm all in on Apple and I essentially start my day, uh, on, uh, asking, uh, the mini homepod in, in the bedroom, like what's the weather, what was the temperature? Just, you know, the, the first basic question, I don't care too much about news, but like what's happening around me. Um, if I'm I, I'm indecisive on what to wear. You know, small little things that make life better, but, uh, but yeah, that, that, I think there's exciting times, um, ahead of us, AI, WordPress, the growth of WordPress, which is still happening. Mm. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm here for it still like 18 years in, I'm, I'm still 
We're Very still here, man. It, it's and honestly, this stuff keeps it exciting, which is why technology field. It's why we're in technology, right? Like we wouldn't be here if we didn't like if we're not curious. We're not we need the impulse, to learn. Right? Like I want new things. I want new technology. Yep. I want game changers to come. You know, I don't want to be doing the same thing in five years that I'm doing right now. Like I want that needle continually to be pushed um, yep. in all aspects of technology. So this is what keeps it fun for all of us. I'm doing it 15 years and for hopefully sure. another 15 more, right? Well, cheers to that, Brad. Yeah. With my, uh, with my cup of tea. Cheers to that. This is a 9 a.m. podcast, baby. This is, uh, like I said, Remkiss, you're probably the only person to get me on a podcast at 9 a.m. <laughs> it's been lovely having you on. Yeah, Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Yeah, this has been no. great. Really appreciate it.